Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? This is episode... Orange. <laughs> of Did You America? Uh, he's Jeremy. I'm Canfield. Hey, um, I spent most of the weekend watching uh, Hallmark holiday movies and listening to other podcasts, and I've, I've made some notes of things that the pros do. Uh, they they start with a menu, right, where they say what's coming up. We've never done that. Like We start with a preamble about, you know, I don't know how I fell over in the bathroom this morning. That didn't happen. <laughs> sure, that was sure. during my drinking days. But no, they'll, they'll do things like, hey, welcome to uh, Did You America coming up in this episode. Oh, we could never do that. Uh, no, we can. I'm going to, there's two things they do. I'll tell you about that. I, I'm going to solve both. I'm going to make us a pro. I, I've taken steps to make this a pro podcast right because okay. the two things you have to do are do a menu at the top of the, the the episode and also have some production which i'm i'm working on we'll come to that in a second wait, so if wait the- hold on you do realize though that every episode we get into we go off on tangents and we get into stuff that we don't actually end up talking about Oh, yeah. I don't know if they got round to talking about the stuff. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm just saying it sounded professional at the start. You may hear this. Yeah. Well, that's the idea. Isn't that the whole idea with radio and podcasts? Maybe podcasts are real. In radio, I was always <laughs> taught that you just tell people what's coming up in the hope that they'll keep listening. And whether or not it actually happens is irrelevant because radio's attitude is screw the audience. If they were stupid enough to keep listening for another 20 minutes to find out about the time you fell over in the bathroom when you got up hungover and you don't get around to it in 20 minutes, <laughs> doesn't matter because we still got 20 minutes of listening. Anyway, you're screwing up my professional intro. I'm sorry. We've already we've gone off on a tangent. I was I was trying to be professional. And this wasn't included in the list. That's my exact <laughs> point. So they go. Hey, welcome to episode, we do actually know the number episode of Did You America? Uh, Coming up, Harrison Ford's going to do Indiana Jones, age 79. Uh, Better Call Taken, that's Bob Odenkirk's new movie. And uh, Christmas decorations are the new toilet paper. They're selling out fast. See, now I sound, it's like a Ryan Seacrest morning show when I do it that way. Okay, maybe the, maybe the menu doesn't work as well for us. Let's, let's scrap the whole idea. Well, now, but I do, I think you're like this. So the other thing that professionals have in podcasts, I learned, is that they have uh, what in the trade they call bits of production, whereby they would have um, little idents saying what it is. So Ooh. rather than me just coming on doing a might one, might one, spinal tap type thing, they would have it would be a professional thing that would go did you america with camphill and jeremy only we'd have a very american voice doing it probably to the tune of ted nugent playing star spangled banner right? i was going to say either that or like did or like uh, what was it the team america america fuck yeah oh song? i used to have that as my doorbell <laughs> i did you know when you could get electronic <laughs> no, that's the, incredible in phoenix um that see this is the only disappointing thing about my apartment in DFW because it's in Deep Ellum and we're so hipster they went we don't have doorbells anymore Uh, people just text when they're here right the old school like door knocker if anything if you got if you get uh past the security downstairs then you just have to bang on someone's door there is no doorbell right but but you know in phoenix i have one of those doorbells that you could program it to play the like a ringtone for your phone yeah yeah. america fuck yeah perfect my favorite part of that song is like at the end when they're just listing off like super american things they kind of run out at one point they're like uh bed bath and beyond the guys was like oh fuck yeah like why not have we not covered in this podcast how much i love bed bath and beyond oh i know how much you love bed bath and beyond but i think in terms of like it's like an event for me to go there (laughs) i when i went um, when it was candle day at uh, Bath and Body Works, I went and got my uh, less than ten dollar each scented candles, and then I thought. Bed Bath and Beyond is the other side of the big road on the other side of this mall. I could go there too, and I went to Bed Bath and Beyond, and um, not only did I have a fun because t- the greatest thing to do in Bed Bath and Beyond is to walk in, look like you're lost wait for one of their always helpful people to come up and ask what you need and then act even more lost. And basically they're a personal shopper for you. It's, it's the, that's the, wonderful. It's the wonderful. And at the one I went to, the lady at the checkout was wearing an American flag face mask. Whoa. Yeah. So I, it was ticking a lot of my boxes. So to me, 
America, fuck yeah. I mean, it's a serious anthem. And you think that it 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 heats it hits peak ridiculous Americana when they list Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh no! I my response to that is yeah. Last time I was in Bed Bath and Beyond, the lady at the checkout was wearing an American face mask. I have been corrected. Face mask. Yeah, that, that is the most American aspect of the song. Yeah. So there you go. Um. So anyway. Um. That, so they yeah they have these production pieces right that okay. say that so it'd be like yeah uh, uh, did you America with Camfield and Jeremy um, so I've got a professional on that at the moment someone I know has ju- just started a new job in Idaho and basically as soon as he sobers up he's <laughs> he's going to make us some amazing sounding ident sweeper uh, whatever jingle you want to call them like the professionals have. Um, because actually ahead of me discovering this is what pro podcasts do, it occurred to me, you know, we could do with a few little whiz bangs, official sort of bumper sounding, did you America? And so I asked my buddy if he could do it and he said, yeah. Nice. And I checked in on Friday evening with him. He, He likes a drink. I'd get pretty blackout too if I was moving to Idaho. Right. Well, the latest I texted him and said, uh, you know, I know you're doing this for free, but any news on my, on my uh, Did You America like idents for the podcast? And he sent me back a response saying, my head hurt. I got into a massive fight in my new bar tonight <laughs> over what was on the jukebox. Apparently, while arguing for Leonard Skinner, I also picked up someone else's beer and drank from it. So I just want to let you know that our new idents are in the hands of a total pro. And as I said, as soon as he sobers up and his head stops hurting from the fact he was in a bar fight in Idaho on Friday, we're going to have the most amazing Did You America sweepers. We are building quite the staff here. What a brand we are building. Um so we're also uh, forthcoming and look out for this on my uh, social media, which is uh, Camfield off the radio on Instagram or uh, at Ian Camfield on uh, Twitter. Uh, Jose, who is uh, one of our loyal listeners, he's the guy that does the um, the animation, uh, which if you've seen, it's great. And he just does it for fun. We're, we're genuinely, we're, although I'm recruiting an alcoholic to do our audio, the guy that does our visuals, are so good. And, and, and he doesn't even do this for a job. He, the, the, his attention to detail in the animation is quite amazing. Um, and uh, so he texted me earlier today because he's, um, he's working on the new animation, which hopefully we'll be able to debut this week. And he says to me, does Jeremy wear glasses? And I suddenly thought to myself... I think so. <laughs> How do you not know this? I've, you look at me twice a week, every day, every week. For a considerable <laughs> amount of time. And I, don't quit drinking, kids, because this is what it does to you. I've noticed since I'm, I'm more than a year of having no booze, and the one thing I've noticed is my memory is shot to pieces to the extent that... So I text back to Jose... I think, he, I think Jeremy wears glasses. <laughs> and he said the same thing. He said... He comes to your apartment to do it, right? I said, yeah. He goes, well, how do you not know? And I said, I'm, th- I'm thinking really hard. In your defense, there's so much hair currently on my face that it really does distract from anything else on my so face. So anyway, I said, look, I'll text Jeremy, but go with yes, because I'm fairly <laughs> certain that's the correct answer. Uh, to which he texts back, okay, I'll give him glasses and I'm basically basically going to make him look like a fat Walter Becker from Steely Dan circa 1974. So, Perfect. Um, Jeremy, you're about to be in, in your own cartoon. I love that. I like that he heard my voice and was just like, this guy wears glasses, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And I said, and he, and I said uh, you know, just make him look like uh, Walter Becker from Steely Dan when he was about... Uh, 30 and he said but fatter and i said well yes because i they're like jeremy can't afford anywhere near the amount of drugs that walter becker was taking in 1974 to keep him thin yeah exactly (laughs) so that was going on i've also um again this is again don't quit drinking people I woke up this morning feeling slightly hungover, except that wasn't possible because I haven't had a drink in over a year. You know what I did do yesterday? I I, I broke into my Christmas stash. I've been buying chocolates and you know oh, the Christmas best nibbles, time of year. right? And I was thinking um, I should keep it for another week because we're still a little over a week away from actual Christmas. But I looked at what was in my cupboard and I'm thinking there's too much here. Uh, even if I take a bunch to my friend's house that I'm going to do Christmas Day with, 
There's still too much. Plus, one of them's a vegan, so she can barely eat any of it. Ugh. Uh, I know. Um, Why are you even friends with her? <laughs> we, I, we, went, we, we went Christmas shopping a couple of weeks ago uh, when I agreed that we, we were all going to do uh, Christmas at the house of her and her husband. So I drove, she and I, to the store, and we went our separate ways with our baskets, and I could hear her from the various other corners of the store yelping with excitement at the at the various Christmas um, offerings of food that right. were available. <laughs> and uh, we went our own way for about 15 minutes and then met up near the checkout, and her basket was still empty. I said, all I've heard for the last 15 minutes is you yelping at how excited you were at all of this Christmas food fair, and you haven't picked up any of it to buy. And she said, well, no, I'm vegan. I can't eat any of it. And I'm like, well, you, I, get, I get, okay, I get the ethics. You don't want to eat anything to do with animals, but you're, it's, it's exciting for you to go to the store to scream with excitement of what you'd like to eat, but you can't. She, uh, those actually weren't screams of excitement. Those were screams of anger. She was like, these are meat products. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I, I tapped into my uh, little Christmas stash uh, yesterday and I thought well, I'm just going to start eating the chocolate that I bought and I was watching Bad Santa and, and everything great movie and uh, great movie and uh, I woke up at about 5am today <laughs> you know when if you drink loads sometimes you, you don't get a good night's sleep and then you wake up early because you like the, your headaches kicking in like don't. the hangover wakes you up I remember that from my drinking days know it indeed I'm getting that from eating chocolate now. And, I, I, and it, believe me, right? It's not like my body is a temple. I stopped drinking and I, you know, I try and eat relatively healthily and exercise, but I'm not any kind of health guru. So it's not like putting chocolate into my system is just, oh my God, my body's going, but we're just used to salads and, you know, juice cleanses. That's right. not, that's not me. Did you at least get like the sugar high that came with the sugar hangover? I just thought, this did chocolate always do this to me and did basically booze just numb me i'm, I'm starting You're to right. feel like i mean it's one thing to stop drinking and feel more i certainly feel better about the fact i haven't had a hangover in more than a year but then when you start to realize all of the other bad stuff you put in your body that's not good for you but is fun to do that the booze would would basically numb the effects of that afterwards. I mean, I did, did, no one tells you that if you're going to quit drinking, you're going to start getting chocolate hangovers. <laughs> I could have told you that. Oh, I you know if you ever want to experience how to get to my size, you just eat that amount of chocolate every single day because that's how you, I never get those feelings just because I've. You know, I my tolerance for chocolate is significantly higher. Why? Now. Yeah, maybe. Like I've, uh, you know, we've talked about like I quit cigs. I'm trying to work out more and lose weight, but because I quit cigs, I've literally gained 20 pounds since losing cigs. Right. Qu since quitting cigs. So the other day I went grocery shopping, and you know, I had this whole idea like, you know what? For a month, I'm gonna cut out sugar. I'm not gonna have anything with sugar. I'm gonna lose so much weight, and then I'll, I'll get back to it. I need my addiction. I'll get right back to it. And then I got back from the grocery store and, you know, I put all the food away and I looked at the candy containers on my counter and all of them were full to the top. I don't know what happened. <laughs> right, right. Apparently I gave up mid grocery shop and got significantly more candy than I ever was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not very happy with the, uh, with, with the chocolate hangover, but I was, um, so basically over the weekend I overdosed on chocolate, um, and, uh, listened to some professionals to do, do podcasts thinking I could make ours better. Jeremy's already ruined that within the first, like, two minutes of today's podcast. That's what I'm here for, folks. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> Just move on to the bit about me being the fat member of Steely Dan right. from 1974. Coming. When's my cartoon coming? Let's talk about me now. <laughs> um, did anyone know that Mel Gibson has made a Christmas movie? This is one of uh, the things I spent the weekend doing, and I was very excited about this. One of my friends, Stephen, sent me a link to this because... My friends know that I'm a big fan of um, kind of older action heroes still doing movies. 
kind of even better if they've fallen on hard times because they were terribly racist so they can't get any work anymore <laughs> right. now so that their comeback as an elder action hero is in a really low budget movie to make the movie you know even worse so again I'm not saying what Mel Gibson did was funny he was obviously outrageous but the the idea that well your penance now is that you're gonna have to make an action Santa movie and we're gonna call it Fat Man Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, what did you expect? He uh, he bashed the Jews and then ex- expected to be accepted in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, it's usually those two things don't go hand in hand. <laughs> well, there is that, and and, and, he, and he, kept, he got caught a bunch of times, right? He was using the N word. He was having a go at Jew- like he basically became yeah. like a racist, sexist, anti-Semite, right? I mean, that's not a you that's know. That's Mel Gibson, yeah. <laughs> Hence the fact he's now starring in a new movie. Um, which is uh, called Fat Man. And if you watch the trailer to Fat Man, it looks like you're going to get a two-hour shoot-em-up. This is basically, you know, um, lethal weapon, but <laughs> but in a Santa outfit, right? right? And uh, so I started watching it, and um, I don't know, the movie's like hour 45, it took till one hour and 20 minutes for any action to happen whatsoever. What? It was I, I also, this weekend, watched the Mario Lopez, Colonel Sanders drama, like the, the, where <laughs> right, he plays yeah, the guy yeah. that invented KFC in some tangled up love story. That was better than watching Mel Gibson. I'm like, where's the shooting? What's going on? So uh, my... my um, the, the premise of the and also the premise of the movie is great, right? It's about a, a, a little kid, a spoilt brat, rich kid, little kid. Who, by the way, if you do dismiss my criticism and you start to watch this movie, when you see the little kid in Fat Man, looks like a sort of an eight-year-old Ben Shapiro. That was what I thought. Like, I don't know if it was just on, because, it, because he was acting like a spoiled little kid in the movie, and there was some like a Ben Shapiro vibe. But he does. That was the first thing that struck me. And basically, this little kid gets really uh, agitated because one year for Christmas, he gets a bag of coal, like a little bit of coal from Santa. So he hires a hitman to go kill Santa, right? And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a black comedy action shoot 'em up. Mel Gibson, if if Lethal Weapon Mel Gibson was an old fat Santa, that's what we're going to be dealing with. It's got a guy who was in the Shield and also in Sons of Anarchy, Walton. Uh, oh, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, the most impressive thing I'll tell you about him is I, I haven't watched the Shield. Oh, I need. Uh, sorry, I haven't watched Sons of Anarchy. I need to get around to that. But uh, Walter Goggins. Doesn't appear to have aged since The Shield, which has got <laughs> to be like no. 15 years ago. He's also in two hilarious comedies on HBO with Danny McBride. He's an awesome actor. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, uh, I'm looking at the, the kid that you talked about that looks like Ben Shapiro, and not in a creepy way, but it, kids aren't supposed to be this attractive. It is very unfair. If he had blonde hair, this is exactly what Hitler would have wanted everyone to look like. <laughs> Like this, like nine-year-old boys are not supposed to have perfect bone structure, but somehow this kid does. So the kid uh, basically puts a hit on Santa. Walter Goggins is the um, uh, the the guy that's the hitman, and he's very angry because he only got a, a bit of coal from Santa for one particular year. Um, so anyway, I'm watching Fat Man. And I'm thinking, well, when's the action start? When's the action start? And, again, and there's basically 20 minutes of action. It's like they give you a trailer and you think you're going to get something amazing and you waste over an hour of your life. Then there's a bit of shooting and action. And then, you know, it all kind of it all kind of comes good in the end. The, the um, Mario Lopez playing Colonel Sanders wins because it only took 15 minutes of my of my life like that was oh, that, that movie's only 15 a, minutes yeah long. lifetime of going into making short stories now i was gonna say they promoted it like it was gonna be like one of their standard feature films now if fat man had been the 20 minutes of action then we would then then i would have been going you know what mel gibson maybe maybe you've got if you can keep your mouth shut and stop keep your opinions to yourself you might have one more lethal weapon in you but Wait, like it's now i'm confused fat man is different than the KFC movie. 
Yeah, they're two separate. This is how I spent my weekend. They're two separate movies. You thought they were different? The I would same just thing? assume that Fat Man would be the KFC movie. No, because Fat Man's got Mario Lopez in it. They're promoting the fact that, you know, someone who's still very fit and good looking came up with KFC because it's good for you. That's why KFC ah, was sponsoring okay. it. Ah, they, got they had got a bit it. of the spot. The, it's called the Recipe for Seduction. I'm hard already. <laughs> and they, they basically have a bit of the start that says, uh, sponsored by KFC. If you eat a lot of our chicken, you too will look as fit as Mario Lopez, age 45. <laughs> get me some KFC, right? So you're, you're officially Team KFC over Team Gibson. Yeah, I, it was, I mean, the Mario Lopez thing was shit, but it was only 15 minutes of shit, whereas um, Mel Gibson took an hour and 45 minutes of my life, whereas we couldn't, if they'd have made that a 15 minute action movie, then we would have been talking. It was just a bit disappointing. I don't like, like I expected, for those of you who are familiar with the Bill Murray movie, Scrooge Duh. Yeah, great movie. That starts with a promo for what I think could be the greatest Christmas movie that never existed, where Lee Majors from Six Million Dollar Man and um, The Fall Guy, is in an action movie called The Night the Reindeer Died, right? <laughs> and so Lee Majors was an 80s action TV star and he's got a massive gun and he's shooting and the reindeers come out and the elves are basically an army, right? And there's aspects of that in this Mel Gibson movie. So it's like someone went, well, that, what about it? But, 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 but they just screwed it up. That's our billion dollar idea for this episode. We need... A, a proper action movie, two-hour version of The Night the Reindeer Died, which only exists as a 30-second promo for a fake Christmas movie at the start of Bill Murray's Scrooge. I was hoping you were going to say our billion-dollar idea was finally getting rid of Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, he ain't going to play the part. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Lee Majors is probably about 100 now. Bring him back. But yeah, exactly. Like, he's got more fake body parts than when he played the $6 million man, right? And he's certainly gonna, not going to be as agile. But I would rather Lee Majors come and do the night the, the, the reindeer died for real, even though he's probably about 85 now, rather than Mel Gibson, Fat Santa, or whatever, Fat Man. I got to say, we, we have to find you something to do during the day, because you have officially watched every Christmas movie that it gets worse. It gets worse. I've also been watching the new Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies like this week. So, oh God! Because and they've now got into a, a, a like basically a rush to see who can be the gayest. It's the it's the funniest <laughs> thing. So Hallmark and Lifetime, as I understand it were perceived to be quite conservative TV networks, right? And they basically, until 2020, didn't acknowledge that gay people existed, right? <laughs> even, even though they make all of these Christmas movies every year that are campus tits with loads of good-looking guys in them. So who do you think is the main market apart from soccer mums? Gays! Right, talking right? about not knowing your audience. Exactly, right? Gays love the Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies, and it's taken those two networks, what, 10, 15 years to figure out, huh, maybe we should put some actual gays in the Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies and we could do even better. So they've got, that there were new ones and they're now, they would run these adverts that basically go like, hey, we've gone gay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you might have thought we already did before, but what did you know? We're even gayer now. <laughs> Literally. So that I, so I was watching, but the, so and it, when it, it was news, um, about uh, six months ago when they were announcing it, like Hallmark made this big statement going, we are going to make a Christmas movie with a gay couple in it. And then the next week, Lifetime went, us too, us too. We're <laughs> doing it, we're doing it too. Um, so, so it's like they were rivals. So Hallmark and Lifetime, and this shows you that they've turned a corner in terms of being less conservative because... The Chicken Man, KFC, Mario Lopez one also had two gay characters in it, and that only lasted 15 minutes. You give them a quarter wow. of an hour, they give you two gays. They went 15 years without any gays in any movies ever. Now they've got two in 15 minutes. You already know that's going to start a conspiracy that fried chicken makes it gay. <laughs> So yeah, you might be onto something that I, I do now have too much time on my hands because I've basically just given you a review of every bad new Christmas movie that's uh, that's been released so well, far this since year. Since you've watched all of them, let me ask you, which, which network is gayer? 
Oh, definitely lifetime. You know why? <laughs> okay. Because because first of all, they're gayer because they went gay in they went gay for Christmas and they went gay for for chicken. Right? <laughs> Did it? We all. And, 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 and that, the fact that the fact that they only need fifteen minutes to go gay now is right. is, is is a big sign. But also, um, the Lifetime Christmas movie, the mum of one of the gays, I forget her name, she was someone that I vaguely recognised, but she had this hardcore New York accent on and she was like all down with the gays and this incredibly camp character that wanted to put up all the Christmas decorations and a slightly crazy older woman, right? Okay. And that's that therefore makes it more, because you can be gay with a couple of gays and then you put a straight, old, slightly crazy, very camp woman in it, then you're just like, you know. They're like, all right, well, we'll put all the crazy attention on her and then, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what they've done is... Um, they portray, so after doing these big statements of going, hey, we've gone gay, right? They then put the gays in the movies and basically uh, there's no, um, uh, no one's hostile towards them. They're kind of doing like, they've looked at what Shit's Creek did where there's, there's basically no homophobia, right? right. And they've gone, we're going to do that. After, in theory, being homophobic for like two decades and ne not even acknowledging that gays exist at all, we're now just going to go, hey, look, they're just like straight people. Wait, so we're not supposed to be afraid of gay people anymore? <laughs> Since when? So, yeah, as a gay, that is my review of um, Hallmark and Lifetime going gay. Uh, lifetime win. Um, because, you know. Well, Hallmark, you got to step it up next year. Yeah, exactly. You need to, like, go gay for Turkey. You, I need a 10-minute quick movie that's got some sort of, uh, you know, quick story in it that also includes gays. You're asking them to step it up too much. You already know you're about to get a Christmas Carol starring Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Uh, we uh, need to get to Song of the Week. Uh, let me do the results from uh, the last seven days. Jeremy chose The Captain is Drunk by Jack Johnson, 6% of the vote. Uh, Sucker Punch by Yumi at 6 was my choice, 12% of the votes. So well done to New York producer, 82% of the vote for It's Not Over by... Clobocop. Got it. You got it. Nice. Look at that. Clobocop winning. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, in part two, we will give you the three options for song of the week. And uh, I'm going to try my menu thing again. Um, we also have to get to uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones at uh, 78 years of age. And also, uh, Bob Odenkirk is about to do Better Call Taken. Look out, Liam Neeson. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Uh, before we get into the rest of the news today, I want to set up the new Song of the Week choices. Uh, to vote for these, you can go to didyouamerica.com slash song, or you can vote on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter, all right? Uh, so, Jeremy, your choice this week is... I'm going with the Avalanches. Their song, The Divine, featuring MGMT and Johnny Marr. Avalanche has released one new album every six years. Yeah, pretty much. They, I think they've only had three official albums. One came out in 2000, then they waited till 2016 for their next, and this one just came out last week. Yeah, and they needed help from MGMT and Johnny Marr to I get this together, so, right? I guess so, but they, uh, you know, they've definitely had some good songs in the past. This one's definitely pretty vibey, so you might All like right. it. Uh, New York producers going for Cherry Blossoms, Slender Bodies. Um, and I am going for Merry Christmas, Everybody by Bastille. Now, this is a song that everyone in the UK knows, but I'm going to assume that we barely have any listeners in the UK because I've just pissed them off so much by calling it Shitsville and generally hating <laughs> right. it. Um, because it's a cover by Bastille. Uh, but it's a cover of a song that no one knows in the States because it never, ever got any radio play. It was originally by a band called Slade. Slade were like, kind of like the UK's version of Cheap Trick, musically. Right. Um, and um, this song is such a big Christmas song that the guy, the guy who wrote it is a guy called Noddy Holder, who was the singer in Slade. It's from the 70s. He literally retired after this and makes 
a million each year just on the royalties of this song because wow. it's a Christmas song and it gets used for so much stuff annually. So he basically said, you know what, I don't need to. And they had other hits as well, but the rest of the, the back catalog doesn't really get played there. You know, as I said, they were kind of like UK's version of Cheap Trick. Um, so he just appears, he gets work every Christmas hosting Christmas type stuff because he's associated with this song. Right. And it also helps that he's got long white hair now So because he, he's got old, so he looks like uh, Santa. In fact, he might have been a better person to be cast rather than Mel Gibson in Fat Man. I was say, is he a fat man? Yeah, he might have given us more more shoot 'em up action. <laughs> Let's look at maybe Noddy Holder being cast for the for the full length version of the Night the Reindeer Dies, twenty twenty one. Yeah, from Slade. Anyway, so uh, anyone in the UK probably hates this song, but most people in the states, which I guess is where we have most of our audience, hence the fact it's called Did You America, are probably unfamiliar with the original. But you know Bastille, so check out Bastille's version of Merry at Christmas, everybody. So. So Merry Christmas, everybody, by Bastille. My choice, Jeremy going for the Divine Avalanches featuring MGMT and Johnny Marr and New York producer Cherry Blossoms by Slender Bodies. Uh, you can vote if you go to didyouamerica.com slash song or uh, vote on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter. Now, talking of um, old actors continuing roles, wasn't there some story that one of the Chrises from... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. One of those, Evans, Pine, one of the two. I can't remember. One Pratt. of them. Pratt. There you Who's go. Chris Pine? Chris Pine is, I think he was in Star Trek. Okay, see, it's all sci-fi he's, to me. Yeah, he's the one I don't really know. I know Hemsworth, who's Thor. Right. Chris Pratt, who was in 30, or not 30, who was in Parks and Recreation, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And then I think there's one other one, and then Chris Pine. I'm pretty certain that. that one of the Chris's was going to be Indiana Jones in a new version of the movie. There, there were rumors about Chris Pratt for that. Right. And then... Uh, Chris Evans is the other one, who's Captain America. Right. Yeah, yeah. So any of the above Chris's could have potentially been Indiana Jones and made him, maybe made a good <laughs> job of it because they're all the right side of 40, right? Yes. And then Harrison Ford went, are you... How dare you? <laughs> I'm Indiana Jones. Right. And, and Disney went... But you're 78, and he went, give me my whip. <laughs> so He already had the hat on. Absolutely. <laughs> he never takes that. It's too much effort to get his arm up there and to remove the hat. That's kind of acrobatics when you get to 78, to putting a hat on and taking it off. I wish that he didn't also have like other iconic characters under his on his resume, like you know Star Wars and mm. whatnot, because he would have been the perfect type of actor to be like Adam West and just be convinced for the rest of his life that he actually is Indiana Jones. Well, I think there might be an aspect of that, because of the story that I I heard was that he was horrified that any of the above Chris's may be considered to uh, take the franchise to somewhere else. Yeah, and not even see, named Harrison. Right, it doesn't see any reason why he can't play the role. And so uh, they've confirmed that they're going to make uh, Indiana Jones 5 and Harrison Ford will be playing Indiana Jones even though he's age 78. And my thoughts on this are, this is the action movie version of what I think the Rolling Stones are doing for music. We are seeing how old you can take it in much the same way as the Rolling Stones will set the bar for how old rock music can get because right. they're almost 80 and you know if tours can happen next year they'll probably reschedule the tour that was supposed to happen this year Harrison Ford being 78 playing Indiana Jones next year he's setting the bar as to how old you can still play an action hero at is he setting the bar though I feel like there's a few other options of like you know, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's still putting movies out there. Sylvester Stallone. Like, why are all these old actors trying to die playing the roles that they're famous for? I don't know that the rest of them... Are they... Are, is Schwarzenegger and... I think he did the... Didn't he? No, no, they're, in still, the new no they're still doing it, but I don't know if they're that close to 80. I think they're slightly... They're younger than Harrison. I bet, yeah, I mean, there's probably not much in it, but I think they're slightly younger. I bet uh, Stallone is reading this story going, God damn it. I did Rambo one more time last year. We had a scene where I literally slice someone's chest open and pull out their heart. I literally rip out a man's heart as the encore of my performance <laughs> as Rambo, thinking that I've taken it to ridiculous levels because I'm so old. And now this bastard's going to go out and do an action role at 78. I'm going to have to come up with another Rambo to beat him. All right. Well, either that or another Rocky movie. Just cancel Creed. We're going back to Rocky now. His grandson. 
Jones fighting. I, you know, I think that this Indiana Jones is just proof that like nostalgia reboots have officially gone too far. Because if you remember, uh, they already made a nostalgia reboot of Indiana Jones. And the entire world agreed that that was the worst movie ever made. The one, the with, one with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, don't say him. He's been canceled. Right, yeah, as of like yesterday. <laughs> I love that they go like, well, we couldn't get Shia LaBeouf playing his kid anymore because uh, Twigs has canceled him, right? <laughs> but, uh, and Sia. Uh, and Sia. And yeah, Sia. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but 78-year-old Indiana Jones is absolutely fine. Right. Well, I just, you know, I don't understand. Like, no one wants this movie. But yet we're getting this. I mean, you know who wants this movie? Harrison Ford. He's uh, what was I also? What was, I'm thinking of the, the, what would have been the standout stunt? For, so the previous movie was out in 2008, and I remember that because I was working in New York at the time, and we had a premiere for the movie where the stars turned up. So I got to introduce Harrison Ford and Shia LaBeouf on stage. I mean, like they literally show up to go wave at the prize winners in the theater and then, you know, go off around the back and and leave. So Shia wasn't emotionally abusive towards you. I don't think I can sue him. No, I'm (laughs) not. I don't, I don't think that he, uh, you know, banged my head against the wall or gave me an STD. I was just thinking, you know, no job. We can join a class action or something. Quick, I'll get an STD and blame it on Shia LaBeouf. It's a way to make some money. Let me pull out my herpes vial. Hold on. <laughs> but I remember, so I, I, I didn't even really get to meet Harrison Ford. You just brought them out and they waved at everyone and disappeared. But I re- and, and then we watched the movie, right? But I remember standing next to Harrison Ford, 2008 this was, and I'm thinking, my God, you look old. I'm close, <laughs> right? And, but I'm thinking that movie... The standout stunt in that movie was probably when, the, or the, the big thing was, which remember he gets in the refrigerator to escape right, the, the yeah, bomb yeah. that's going off? He probably couldn't even do that at 78. Crouching down? Imagine that would be a stunt. They would be going, okay, Harrison, all right, so you need to basically bend over, open the fridge door, get inside the fridge and close it to protect yourself. Right? Be like, oh, my <laughs> He's God, like, oh, no. my God. I'm stuck in here. They waited three days for him to get out of that fridge. <laughs> I also I feel like the big stunt was just like at the end when they were like, oh, aliens are involved now. And they were like, ooh, react to that, old man. Right. <laughs> he was like, ooh. <laughs> also, now he's just playing the part like he's gone crazy and believes in aliens. Right. It's a more convincing Indiana Jones. I feel like there's one person in Hollywood left like making people think that Harrison Ford is like young and capable of doing this stuff. And that's Clint Eastwood. Like as long as Clint Eastwood doesn't die, they're just going to keep letting Harrison Ford or do whatever he Did, wants. Actually, that is a great defense because if I if I was Harrison Ford listening to this... He is. Right. And, uh, and, and we're basically saying that at 78, he's too old to play Indiana Jones. This would be my defense. In the last movie that Clint Eastwood played... Uh, a kind of action character was in The Mule, where he was a, 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 a mule drug dealer. We've right? all been there. And uh, he was playing that at aged 80-something. The idea that an 80-something-year-old would be a drug mule because it's a good cover to drive drugs around, I didn't have so much of a problem with that. This is what I had a problem with in that movie. He had a threesome. <laughs> Wait, what? No way. You've not seen that no movie? Way, no, he I've does... only heard jokes about that movie. I've never heard any mention of a threesome. He does such a good job as a mule that the cartel want to keep him working and keep him happy. So as a gift, huh. they go, hey... Here's two chicks. That's what the cartel does? Quick, someone get some cocaine out my butt. <laughs> like, that's the greatest deal ever. That would be that would be my comeback from, from Harrison Ford. You think that I can't play Indiana Jones at 78? Clint Eastwood was 85 in The Mule, and he had a threesome. <laughs> right. And then you can't even do the Rocky defense. Now, you could literally be like, Mike Tyson's like 60, and he actually just balked. I can, I can be in the movie. Yeah. All right, well, maybe Harrison Ford can do uh, can do Indiana Jones. What's more convincing, Indiana Jones at 78 getting in and out of a refrigerator or uh, Clint Eastwood having a threesome? <laughs> I don't know. Clint Eastwood, he, uh, he can lay pipe. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. 
Harrison Ford right now is probably thinking, what have I got myself into? It's an effort just to get up and go to the fridge at this point. <laughs> and now I have like, to live in one? Like to get some water and ice from the dispenser. That's really like <laughs> tough going. The other thing that I want to talk about in terms of people taking on new roles, uh, Bob Odenkirk, better call taken, I'm calling it. He's got this new movie. Uh, is it called No One? Nobody? It's called Nobody. Okay. Check out the trailer for Nobody. Um, because basically Bob Odenkirk is, it's basically him taking on the same role that Liam Neeson has in Taken. He's this suburban family man, but he's got this past that no one really knows about where he's got special skills and a bunch of things happen that make him a little bit angry. And then there is a scene in the trailer where there's some thugs on a train and uh, they basically say, like, what are you doing here, old man? And he goes, I'm going to fuck you up, right? <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I hadn't heard of this movie. You made me watch the trailer before we start. And, like, it hits every action movie cliche in the two-minute trailer. At one point, he's talking to his son while he's beat up. And his son says, you look like shit. And seriously, not even as a joke, he says, you should see the other guy. Like, I can't tell if Bob Odenkirk is making a movie making fun of Taken or if he is seriously taking his acting career so seriously now that he believes he's Liam Neeson. No, I think what he's doing is he's taking on um, a new role because he's seen that this is the way that you sustain a career because he's got all of the... Uh, response from Better Call Saul. That's a tremendous TV show. It's incredibly well written. The acting is superb. And also just the way that he was such a great character in Breaking Bad. And if you watch that and you're following Better Call Saul as a prequel, it works perfectly. It's almost as if it 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 ticks every box. The story keeps you hooked. The acting's great. There's a real kind of arty thing about it. Like if you just want to watch it to be captivated by a story, you can love it. If you're really invested in the artistic making of TV or film, it, it kind of ticks all those boxes. But it's ending in one season, right? The season that's going to be on next year. Right. So I think Bob Odenkirk has basically thought to himself, all right, I've played this great character. I've been a pivotal role in two TV shows. I mean, I would even go as far as to say that Better Call Saul you could argue is better than Breaking Bad because it ticks a lot of the Breaking Bad boxes, but I just think it's slightly more clever because of the way that it's playing up to Breaking Bad in terms of being a, a prequel. Right. And a lot of people will disagree with that, but I do think there's a valid argument where you could argue that Better Call Saul is better than, than Breaking Bad. So You also think most sequels are better than the original, but I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, that's so. Better Call Saul is the never say never again. Right. The- <laughs> I was saying, like, we just talked last week about how you think Die Hard 2 is significantly better than the original. Yeah, Die just Hard. like Die Hard 2 is better than the original Die Hard. <laughs> better Call Saul. No, seriously, it's great. It's a great bit of TV. So I think he's thought, look, I've proved myself tenfold as a serious actor, and I've had two major TV shows. It's, you know, really difficult to get a show to sustain itself over multiple seasons now because TV networks are so trigger happy. Even the streaming uh, places, right. Netflix, will cancel anything at the drop of a hat. And I thought he's, he's, he's thinking to himself, well, he's probably, what, about 50? How do I keep a career going? I know I'll become an older age action movie TV star because if you now make a movie that's actually not great but has got a load of unrealistic action in it and it hits first time, you can just keep on making that movie again and again and again. This is going to be his Taken. This is going to be his John Wick. This is going to be what Stallone has turned Rambo into. All of those things. I just, my only issue is, okay, at first when Bob Odenkirk showed up on Breaking Bad, it was kind of like, oh my God, look at this. This is obscure. Like it's a comedian, but like he's playing this role really well. And then like, you know, he stepped up his game with Better Call Saul. But this is now so moving. Like why why do comedic actors always do this? They get a little bit of praise for a serious role and then they can never be funny again. Steve Carell did it. Steve Carell created, well not created one of the most iconic characters, but made the American version of one of the most iconic TV characters ever in the office. Right. And then he did like, you know, uh, 
a couple of love movies. He did that one where he was the wrestling coach that killed the guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he can't make anyone laugh anymore ever again, apparently. Right. I guess Bob Odenkirk's on that role because even though I laughed all throughout this trailer, I don't think that was the intention of it. Mm, no, I think the intention of it is he's proved that he can do something serious. So now he's just going to go all out to make, uh, what's it called? Nobody? Nobody. So, and then it'll be nobody two, nobody three, nobody four, nobody five. And there'll and, be nobody watching. And, and, oh, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll be <laughs> there'll the, be one I'll, person. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the one that's going, oh my God, did you see nobody seven? <laughs> it is easily the best Bob Odenkirk action movie so far. Then, and you'll be saying, but he's 83, and I'll be going, Indiana Jones was 78. <laughs> this is, they're going to change it from nobody to one person, and that person is Cam Field. I like the idea, though, that the, that you do raise a point that the uh, uh, comedians go into something that's more serious and then go, you know, t take that role. Because I'm thinking, you know, Ricky Gervais has been getting a lot of uh, positive response for his show Afterlife, which right. is on Netflix, which is, I think, is, is the best thing he's done so far because it's got laugh out loud comedic moments but it's also got very dark um subject matter and he manages to combine the two brilliantly and he also the other thing that i think is very uh clever with afterlife is he manages to make some really offensive off-color jokes right but because they appear in a storyline of a man who was thinking about committing suicide because his wife got sick and died, they're kind of acceptable. Whereas if you had, you know, him calling a little kid a fat cunt, which basically he <laughs> does in the first episode. If you right now, that's funny to you, yeah, but if, if it was right if, up my alley, right, if it, but if it was if it was just isolated, but not in the grand scheme of what that overall story is. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think it would be as, as as palatable. But maybe he could move into. They do a reboot of uh, Schwarzenegger's Cobra, and it's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I'll say this: Afterlife is great, but the best thing Ricky Gervais ever did was the really awkward interview that he had with Gary Shandling that ended his interview show after like two episodes. I highly suggest if you have not seen that, go on YouTube, watch that. It is the most awkward 20 minutes of television history. I kind of felt sorry for him because it, it's, oh, for it, sure. it's set up as Gary Shandling is Ricky Gervais's hero and, and Ricky Gervais openly admitted that the thing that's made him really successful and all of his money, um, the style of show was inspired a lot by Gary Shandling because right. that whole kind of like mockumentary yeah. was a combination of the people that made Spinal Tap and their types of movies and the Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders show, right? Of course. So... He got to go to his hero's house uh, to interview him. And Gary Shandling basically was go, why am I doing this right. kind of thing? He just pulled like the most nebbishy Jew card ever and was like, I'm not interested in anything you say. At one point, he's like, oh, my God, you're putting on contacts. Let's watch. And Gary Shandling just looks at him like, get away from me. I'm putting on contacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very, uh, very displeased right. to be doing that interview. There's a, but yeah, there's plenty of examples of comedic actors going serious, but at least Ricky Gervais knows like he has the avenue to be funny. If you don't, you end up like Eddie Murphy putting on a fake British accent for 20 years until finally you realize, oh, the world just wants me to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am up for, I can't remember what it's called. See, I told you about not drinking. Nobody. No, nobody. It's the easiest title. <laughs> nobody. Right. Yeah. Um, Bob, when's it out? February? Oh, that I, I can't, can't wait. <laughs> I'm, oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so, so good. February 26th. I watched uh, as part of my uh, Christmas uh, viewing over the weekend, um, Love Actually, right? You know, Love Actually? Great movie. Uh, is it? I don't know. I, I mean, it's on my <laughs> list of movies that I watch every Christmas because I like tradition, but I always get to the end. But Spoiler alert. There's a bit at the end of Love Actually where there's a bunch of different stories and you're led to believe that the stories all kind of collide at one point, <laughs> right. but basically they don't. All, all that happens, at, and if you haven't watched Love Actually already, you should. I'm, this, you know, I'm it's spoiling not, it's it. It's 2003. They, yeah, exactly. You should catch up, please. Um, 
they basically so there's a load of different stories and 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 they lead you to believe that they're all going to converge and it's going to work out to be really clever but they never figured out how to do that and the end of love actually is just the fact that a bunch of people who were in different stories are all coming through the arrival gate at Heathrow Airport <laughs> right. at the same time and i i i watched it again this year and i always forget like, why it is I think it's a bit shit basically and it gets to that bit and I think it's almost like whoever made this movie went oh god yeah I thought we were going to make all the stories converge and people would think it was really clever but I haven't really figured out a way to do that what about if we just bolt on a scene where all the same people are coming through the arrivals gate at the airport at one time and then it'll look as if the stories are colliding right you know this movie that we filmed separately in like eight different parts for like five seconds we're just gonna make it all one movie yeah that's basically <laughs> what they do that's basically what they do but anyway there was a bit in that where because uh, Liam Neeson plays this uh, uh, dad whose uh, wife has passed away um, and he's got a kid who's doing this role in one of the, the, the Christmas performances at school and I uh, I did find myself watching that and I'm going, well, at what point does his kid get kidnapped? That shit, <laughs> oh no, that didn't happen until later. Oh, damn it. Oh. But yeah, so anyway, I, I hope I didn't ruin love actually for anyone. But um, but his kid doesn't get taken. His kid doesn't get taken. Um, there's no kidnapping at all. And the stories don't really converge. At the I bet the end of Nobody with Bob Odenkirk makes more sense and is more profound than the end of Love Actually. Yeah, also, was- by the way, if I could just say, uh, if you're going to turn it into a franchise, by the time we get to Nobody 3, maybe that should be a Christmas movie. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my God, now you're getting crazy. Yeah, well, is- if it does as badly as you think it's going to do, by by three, it might only be Lifetime or Hallmark that want to like make the movie, so, you know. Honestly, the way Hollywood's going, I think by 2024, every movie's just going to be a Christmas movie. All right, I think we America'd today. Uh, if you would like to contact the show, I've got to put this on here more often because I, I always forget. You can uh, talk to us via the website, didyouamerica.com is uh, where we are. You can get previous episodes of the show. It's also where you can vote for Song of the Week. Or if you want to get an America t-shirt, it's the perfect gift for Christmas. You won't receive them in time for Christmas if you order now. I should have been saying this previously, but <laughs> it's the perfect gift for Christmas 2021. What are you laughing at? <laughs> like, this is just the greatest promotion ever. I told you, well, <laughs> get it for Christmas. Oh, you won't get it by Christmas. <laughs> This show is a work in progress. I told you, we're gonna get one day. We're gonna have sweepers that say our name. Uh, I'll figure out perfect gift for Christmas with good timing. Order now for Martin Luther King Day your <laughs> Did You America shirt. We're gonna we're gonna be so successful. We'll have a cameo in Nobody Eight, <laughs> starring Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> And maybe just you and I. The franchise has become so bad, it's no longer a movie. It's just like an audio book that we're, we're, we're stars of. And Bob Odenkirk's sitting around this kitchen table. I was going to say, I don't care how big or small the budget is. No one's ever putting my face on the screen. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you lose money immediately. Anyway, if you want to talk to us, uh, be on the show is what you can click, by the way. Didyouamerica.com. If you click be on the show, you can actually leave us a voice message. Or uh, you can message us if you would like to type into your device. All right, all of that going on on the website, digiamerica.com. Or reach out to me on socials, Camfield off the radio on Instagram or Ian Camfield on Twitter. If you listen in anything approaching real time, we will be back on Thursday, right? Again, that's another thing I picked up from the professional podcast that I was listening to over the weekend. Crushing it. Yeah. That's what we've, we've been doing that since day one. What? Having a consistent schedule. We have. Yes. What a way to end it. Bye.